0: Well, good morning, church. How are we doing? We doing well? That sounds like dry bones out there. Are we doing okay? (laughs) Doing good? (laughs) All right. There we go. Thank you, Mr. Reed, Jay Reed. Well, good morning. If we have not met before, if you're new here, uh, my name is Nate Massey. I'm the senior minister here at Hillcrest. and um, Like Ryan said, I would love to meet you, put a name to a face directly out these doors. I will be waiting and most certainly watching for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, not in a creepy way, just in a you know, like a godly way or something. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if you have your Bible, uh, turn with me to Psalm chapter eight. Psalm chapter eight. Last week, we, uh, I, I really didn't intend for this to be a series in and of itself but just some one-off sermons in the month of July, just things I felt like the Lord was pressing upon my heart um, that I wanted to share. I couldn't help but just come back to the Word of God itself. And um, so last week we looked at uh, the Bible and how the Word of God is powerful. Um, we talked about how there are anemic Christians and empowered Christians. An anemic Christian's not going to be rooted and established in this Word. I believe that's evident in the life of a Christian, but an empowered Christian will be rooted and established and immerse themselves and their lives and their hearts in this Word. This Word is living. It is active. It has the power to transform your life. It has the power to renew your mind. It has the power to cause you to look more like Jesus, who is the author of this very book. And so today, last week, at the very end, I I real quickly tried to give you some Um, examples of how you can study the Word of God in your own time of reading at home. There are many different ways to look at that, but in your bulletin this morning, it was an insert, um, really fancy, it was on cardstock, I really don't want you to miss it. Um, It kind of gives you some pointers of how you can read and study the Bible as you drink your coffee on a Monday morning. And my prayer for, for you this past week and today is that when you open up your Bible throughout the week, you yourself as an individual and a child of God can see the glory and the majesty and the wonder and the power of God in the Word when you read it on a Monday morning. You don't have to come to this place to experience the power of God. You can experience His power on Monday morning as you open up His Word because His Word is living. It's alive and it will, it will do many things to you. It will pierce through your soul. It will divide soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It will judge the attitudes and the thoughts of your heart. It will convict you of your sin. And that is a good thing. It will also show you how you can actually actively have joy in your life by being closer to Jesus. And it will do far more and far greater things than that if you would just open it and read it. And so I want to show you as an example, based on some of the things that we looked at at the end of last week, how you can apply this word to your life, how you can observe certain things, interpret certain things, and apply it to your life. I want us as the people of God and as the church of the living God to experience His power as we read His Word. You have the Spirit of God living in you. He wants you to experience God. He wants you to experience God. A.W. Tozer wrote this in, in his book, The Pursuit of God. He said, "...the chief end goal of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever." Do you want to glorify God in your life and enjoy Him forever? Read and study this word. You will enjoy Him forever. You will know Him more if you yourself, as an individual, read and study this word. And you will bring glory to His name. And you will be a beaming light uh, for the gospel if you immerse yourself in this word. And so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to look at practical ways how you. Again, as you have your quiet time, as many people call it during the week, whether you're a morning person or an evening person or an afternoon person, whenever it is that you have time to open up this word and have your cup of coffee, or maybe you drink Monster or Red Bull, you know, there will be a time in your life when you'll stop doing that. (laughs) Um, But whatever it is that you drink, whatever it is that you do as you read the Bible, wherever it is that you sit, whatever music you listen to, I listen to coffee shop instrumental music in the background, you can taste and see that the Lord is good by reading His Bible, His Word. This is His Word. He has given it to us. He has preserved it for you and for me to be the church. And so, let's read Psalm 8 together. Um, you can certainly read it aloud. I'll have the, the Scriptures on the screen. We'll read it. I'll pray. And then we will dive right in. Psalm 8, beginning in verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth! You have set Your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, You have established strength because of Your foes the paths of the seas. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth. Will you pray for me? Father, I just thank You for this Word. I thank You that it's living and active. I thank You that it, it, it gives us the power that we need to live the Christian life through Your Spirit that indwells us. As the psalmist says in Psalm 1, those who delight in the law of, you, of the Lord will meditate on it day and night. God, may we be a people who delight in this Word. May we meditate on it day and night because those people, God, are like a tree planted by streams of living water <laughs> who's, who, who, who yields its fruit in season and whose, whose leaves do not wither. But in all that these people do, they prosper. God, may we be a people that prosper in the name of Jesus. I pray. Amen. Psalm chapter 8. We want to, again, look at how we can practically read and study this in our everyday lives. And so... Uh, One of the things I gave you, uh, I think, is an easy way to study and read the Word is an an acrostic called maps. Meditate and memorize. um, Apply. Apply this Word. Share this Word and pray this Word. And there's no specific order that that has to be done. But I also said observation, interpretation, and application. Another way to look at that, observation, what does the text say? What does the passage say? What does the verse say? What does the book of the Bible say? What does the text say? That's observation interpretation what does it mean what does this mean what is this text or book of the bible what does it mean and the last thing application uh what does this mean for me how do i apply this to my life and so uh, there are two observations that you would see in psalm one as you read it. i think anybody can make pretty quickly the first one is if, if you look at a, uh, verse one and verse nine they are almost identically the same oh lord our lord how majestic is your name in all the earth that's verse 1. Verse nine. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth. You know what David makes clear in this psalm? He is praising God for His glory and His majesty in all the earth. It's really that simple. You can read this tomorrow morning and say, I believe David is making a statement here. He is praising God in heaven for His glory and His majesty where? In all the earth. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. And so, uh, another observation you can make. This might take a little more time, but... Uh, o Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Do you notice something about O Lord, our Lord? Go back to that last slide, please. O Lord, our Lord. Is there anything that you notice about that? You see, the first Lord is all capital letters. The second Lord is capital L and lowercase o-r-d. Now, there's a reason for that. It's, it's spelt two different ways. Every time you see Lord in all capital letters, that is the most common name for God in his relationship with his people. Uh, in the Hebrew, uh, it's the word Yahweh. Maybe you've heard that. Yahweh in Exodus 3. Go back to the Old Testament, Exodus 3. You don't have to turn there. God's people were slaves in Egypt. You remember that story? And Moses was called, called by God to deliver the nation of Israel from slavery. And God told Moses to go. And Moses asked, who will I tell them to send to me? And God said, tell them I am sent to you. I am who I am. That's what Yahweh means. That's who Yahweh is. I am who I am. I'm the one who is, and the one who was, and the one who will always be. Yahweh. And uh, it's a picture, also, God's Yahweh of His love and providing for His people and uh, His commitment to deliver people from slavery, which, by the way, uh, God is still doing that today, delivering His people from being slaves to sin. The Bible says we're all born with a sinful nature. Who other than God Himself can deliver us from being slaves to sin. Our God can do that through Jesus Christ. And so all that is summed up in the name Yahweh. Uh, So whenever you see Lord in all capital letters in the Old Testament, it's Yahweh. Most of the time when you see Lord, uh, capital L and lowercase O-R-D, it's a different name, if you will, for God. And that's Adonai. Adonai. Which basically means sovereign one, or sovereign lord, or king of over, over all the uh, all creation. Now, one thing I, if you don't have it already, is buy a Bible, um, whatever version you want, and uh, that has cross references in it, or buy a study Bible, which I would highly encourage—the ESV Study Bible or the NIV Study Bible. There are two in my office right now that were brought here from Reba and Karen. They're free to you. The first two people who come to me um, can. NIV study, cross-reference, it has maps, it has everything you need to help you, not everything, but a lot of resources and and things in that that will help you understand what it is that you're reading in the Bible. And so Adonai is, is more like a title name for God. Like, think of it like this, King Edward. Edward is his name, king is his title. So what David is saying is, O Lord, our Lord, he is saying, Yahweh, our Lord. Yahweh, the Lord of creation, the King of creation. Yahweh, uh, the Lord of the universe is what Psalm, 1, or Psalm 8 is saying. And so, when you see Lord, that's talking about God's authority as King and as Lord. It's His position. His name is Yahweh. And so, O oh Lord, all capital letters, one last time, He's speaking to God using His name, David is, which represents His love for His people and the fact that He was and He is and He is to come, Yahweh. O Lord, our King. And so, let's move on. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth. You have set Your glory above the heavens. Now, just right off the bat, what do I think there? I think that God's glory can't even be contained in in the earth. God's glory isn't just contained in the heavenly places. His glory is being uh, proclaimed above the heavens. And you might think, what does that even mean? And don't let that distract you. There is no place in all the universe where God's glory is not seen. The glory of God, uh, David is just making clear, Uh, as I look up to the heavens, I see the glory of God. And He's so great that even above the heavens, His glory resides. Remember Moses, Exodus 33, he, he said this to God, God, show me Your glory. Remember that? I was praying that this morning as we were worshiping. God, show us your glory. And this is what God said to Moses You cannot see my face, man shall not see me and live. The glory of God. Too powerful for us to see his face. God says this to Moses, and he says, Here's what you do. Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock, and while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. The glory is too majestic to see his face. Even Moses could not see God's face. So, God's glory is so vast, that's what we're seeing. You see it in the person of Jesus Christ, and you also see God's glory in the babbling of infant babies. Verse 2, Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. Now if you read the Bible, uh, you've seen God's power and His strength in many different ways. He, he caused a worldwide flood to happen in Genesis. He parted the Red Sea. Uh, he, he has literally silenced and, and just destroyed thousands of His enemies with His breath. He has caused the walls of Jericho to come down with musical instruments. He can do anything. He's that powerful. And as you read the Bible, you're going to see just how powerful he is. Just how powerful he is. But it's interesting because according to David, God shows his strength through the unclear speaking and babbling of babies. You think about that. This is the meditate part of studying the Bible. You just meditate on that. You just you sink that in, God's strength, he, he, the Creator God has established His strength. Not so much in the worldwide flood or, or or the parting of the Red Sea, but but you pick up a baby and what does a baby do? It babbles, it, you know, an unclear speech coming out of an infant child. God's strength established in an infant baby. That's what David is saying, uh, and honestly. One thing I want to note: as you read the Bible, whether you have a study Bible, cross references, you're going to read things that you just you don't quite understand. What, what does it mean that God is, is uh, establishing His strength because of His foes and silencing the 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 enemy and the avenger? And you might think, I, I I don't know how, I don't know what that means. Do not let that distract you when you read the Bible. You just move on. If you don't understand something, just move on. The Holy Spirit will help you understand what He wants you to see and understand. He's faithful. He wants you to read this Word. He wants you to study this Word. He wants you to know this Word. He wants you to meditate on it and memorize it. He wants you to pray it. He wants you to share it. And He wants you to apply it to your life. So if you don't understand something that you're reading in the Bible, do not be discouraged. Every single person in this room does not fully and completely understand every word and iota in this book. But we are a family, uh, people, brothers and sisters, there's people in this room who have translated the whole New Testament there's people who, who have studied this word for many, 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 many years who have, who have uh, taught this word. There are people in this room, if you don't know how to understand something, a simple text message. There are amounts of resources. One of them I put on that uh, thing in your bulletin, Blue Letter Bible. Blue Letter Bible is a free resource that will help you in a, so many ways. So many ways. Blue Letter Bible. Bible web app. You can see the Greek next to the English. That will be so helpful, helpful to you. All, also free. Um, And so, don't be discouraged if there are things that you just don't understand. Keep reading. The Holy Spirit will help you understand. He wants you to know know Him. He wants you to know God. And so, David is saying God's strength and power are evident in the mouths of infants and babies. And that's very interesting to me. This is why I love the Word of God. I've read Psalm 8. I've read Psalm 8. I don't know how many times since I've been a Christian. Psalm 8 has never affected my life in the way it has this last week. That's God's Word is alive and active. It never changes. It's the same and it's always powerful. And so Psalm 8 for me in my life in this season has so much power to it. In fact, my wife is 13 weeks pregnant. I cannot fathom, I don't know about you, but I cannot fathom having a baby and not know the living God who created that baby. I just can't. I want to show you two videos, the first video, and then it's going to go directly to the second video. Just watch both of these videos, and then we'll come back together.
1: He's hiding behind it, which is why we couldn't hear anything. All right, let's see what we can see. I think, yeah. Courtney, can you come oh, show a hand moving? Do that, hand move. Yeah, yeah, and I think we have a face looking That's the heart. at us. And see the heart right in the middle? She's pointing at it. Can you point again? Right oh there. I wish I had something skinnier. So the head, is the head up here on the left or on the right? Let's just get closer so you can see. I think that one's the head. That's the head. Yeah, because the one with the mm-hmm. beating heart in it would be the chest. There we go. Yeah. So the, the, the hand hands by the head, head. I see the
0: heart. Oh my gosh.
1: You see the hands? Where'd I yes. Where'd oh so go? God. It's moving around. There you go. <laughs> All right. So we can first just see the heart. I'm going to push a little harder and see if I can get into it for you. Okay. Might be able to get some facial features there. We have hands by the head, like um, see an elbow and a forearm. Let's see if I can get any closer. Uh, well, oh. Heart, that's head, see. I'm gonna. I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to get any clearer. Would you turn this dial it makes it go and when you turn it to the right, I think it goes less deep. And to the left it goes deeper. Deeper or less deep? What would you like? I'm trying to see if we can if it just changes how much we can see. I'm just going to gradually move. like we can see layers of the baby, but I'd like to get the right Is layer. Is the face pointing towards us? Yeah, I think oh. so. Yeah. I think I saw all the facial features. Oh my <laughs> gosh, for a second. Oh wow. Right. So now I moved my direction and the baby moved. Oh. Now, I think we're looking at size. Am I I right? These thigh bones. Baby flip. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Let's see. Let me put a little more gel on. Could you grab me the gel real quick?
0: Those videos there, you know what those videos are evidence of? The power of God. That is the power of God on display in the universe. There is never, listen to this, maybe there's someone in here that needs to hear this, there has never, ever been born a baby in this world through the ages that was ever born on accident. Every baby in every room across this planet is made by design from the hand of God. You want to see the power of God? Look inside the womb of a woman. God's strength and His power is established in our weakness, even in the babbling of babies. Next time you hold an infant or a child, that's right there in your arms is a display of the power of our God. That's why we read the Bible every day. The more you read the Bible, the more that you will see, the more that you will meditate on, and the more the Holy Spirit is able to upload in your mind and in your heart God's glory God's glory. A.W. Tozer said, We're here to glorify God. That's why we're here. How can we glorify a God whose glory is, we, we tell people, we share things like that? God's glory. God's glory. And so, when you read the Bible, other verses come to mind. That's another thing that the Holy Spirit does. You might think to yourself, I don't know, Nate. I don't know if I'm capable of meditating or memorizing on verses, I don't know if I'm able to memorize the Bible. I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit will surprise you and shock you to your core. The more you read this Word, the Holy Spirit will upload in your mind verses from the Bible. Months later, you'll read a passage and you'll think, you may not know exactly where it came from. You may have to Google it. Just a few All the time, I, I, I have a few words in a verse and so I Google it and, it and that verse pops up. One of the best things that Google has ever done is that for me. <laughs> and so, you'll read the Bible... In a passage, let's say we're reading through Colossians right now, and you might read something in Colossians. And you might remember, hey, I remember in our reading a few months ago, there was this verse, and you'll go and you'll look at that verse, and it will directly apply. See, you want to interpret the Bible? Interpret the Bible with the Bible. That is the best way to interpret Scripture with Scripture. And the Holy Spirit will upload in your mind and in your heart God's Word. And you will be able to interpret parts of the Bible with the Bible. That's amazing. And that's why a cross-reference Good Study Bible will actually benefit you greatly. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. Intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book, were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. There is not a person in this room who was ever born by accident. The Bible says before the foundation of the world, before God spoke the cosmos into existence, all your days were written before. All your days were written before there was ever even a one. That's what the Bible says about you. You were knitted in your mother's womb, not by accident, but by the living God. And that's what we saw from the first video to the second video. Five weeks, or seven weeks to 12 weeks. That's evidence of, of God knitting that baby and forming that baby and bringing limbs out of that baby and causing limbs to grow and, and face, facial features to, to just appear. That's God knitting that baby from 7 weeks to 12 weeks. That's the power of God. You can see that for yourself as you read the Bible tomorrow. That's what God wants for all of us. To see His power by the reading and studying of His Word. Don't just read it and check off a box. Know this Word because if you know this Word, you will know Him. You will know Him. Psalm 8 verse 3, when I look at your heavens, David says, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, will stop there. I'd mentioned a couple weeks ago, um, there was a, a, a week where I had three in the morning, my, my puppy woke me up every day in a row, three days in a row, woke me up the same time, three a.m. in the morning, and I'd go outside, <laughs> and the homeowners that uh, uh, owned our home before, they had put French doors in our bedroom, and so I can, like easy access, let my dog out. And um, unfortunately, she won't go out unless I go out first. And so I went out, and, and I, it's just so bright. It's so, so bright outside. I'm like, I don't, we don't have any lights over here. And, and I look over there, and, and, you know, it's the moon. <laughs> a full moon. And it's so crazy to me. I'm so blown away because 34 years old, I've seen the moon, I don't know how many times. But in this three days in a row, I see this moon fully, you know, full moon. It's like it's so close, it felt like I could just grab it. I mean, if I just had a tall enough ladder, I think I could just grab the moon and bring it down. (laughs) But then this is what's crazy. If I just took a couple of steps back, I can cover that same moon with my thumb. Don't overcomplicate meditating on this Word. David says, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, God put that moon there with His fingers. And the moon and the stars, and so that tells me that God placed that moon where it is. And as unfathomable as it is, that I can in one sense feel like I can grab it and then in another sense cover it with my thumb. As unfathomable, I can't even understand how that all works. I know that He made it. That He put it there. That 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 was His design. Intricately uh, uh, and and specifically placed where it is. You want to meditate on something in the Bible, meditate on that. In fact, this is what it made me think of recently. Uh, If you go to the next slide. So on the Bible reading plan that we have, um, there's a QR code. If you scan that QR code, it's going to pull up uh, an app called Unreached Peoples. And you can pray for a different Unreached People group every single day. There's that many. And it made me think, as I was just in awe of this moon, there are people in the world today who are looking at that same moon, maybe at a different time, and they don't know the God who placed that moon where it is. They're not as in awe as I am, because not only do I know that the God who formed me in the womb is the God who placed that moon right there, they don't know that. And so that leads me, you want to talk about pray the word and maps, it leads me to pray for those people. Uh, you can't see these numbers on here, but if you pull up this app on your phone, what you're going to see is that in this specific people group, uh, the Brahmin people in Nepal, uh, 3.2 million of those people exists, And you're going to see a staggering number. 0.0% of those people are Christians. And in red it says, status unreached. You want to know how to pray the Word of God? As you look at the moon, know that there are people in the world, billions of them, 3 billion to be exact, who don't know the God who placed that moon strategically and specifically where it is. They don't know So you know what the Bible leads me to do as I read Psalm 8? Pray for the Brahmin people. And that's what I'm going to do right now. And you can join me as I pray. Father in Heaven, I thank You so much that I know You. That I know You. That You have opened my heart to receive the love of Christ for me. And God, I pray for the Brahmin people, which is only one people group and a nation of 29 million people and 1% of them know You. I pray for the Brahmin people. I pray, God, that that they would receive the Word of God in their language. I pray that You would equip men and women to go to the Brahmin people. That they would take the Gospel to the Brahmin people. Father, I pray that as that happens, that You would open their hearts to receive the Word of truth. That they would come to know You, the Creator God of heaven and earth. And that salvation would come to their families, their homes, and their community. I ask and pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. David says, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. God has spoken stars and galaxies and and, uh, the sun and the moon into existence. David says he's done it with his fingers. That's how powerful he is. But notice what he says. It's your heavens, God. Those are your fingers, God. You have set all of that in place. He is the sovereign Lord, Adonai, over all things. There's nothing in all creation that does not belong to Him. He is the sovereign Lord over all creation. The sovereign Lord over all creation. Our solar system, just think about this, consists of our star, we, we, that's the sun, orbiting planets including the earth, along with numerous other moons and, and asteroids and stars and comets and material and rocks and, and dust and, and all things that I can't even imagine. Our sun, you think about it, our sun is just one star among hundreds of billions of stars in our own Milky Way galaxy. According to an astronomer by the name of Jamie Matthews, our Milky Way has as many as 400... This is just our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, has upwards of 400 billion stars. Now what 7% says being G-type. I have no idea what G-type means. I believe this astronomer explains it in the next sentence. That means, (laughs) that's why I I think that's what this means, that less than 6 billion stars may have Earth-like planets in our galaxy. I mean, the, the Milky Way is, is a big galaxy. We have a neighboring Milky Way, uh, or a galaxy called the Andromeda Galaxy. Um, it's even bigger than ours. And so the universe is made up of billions of galaxies. Not stars, billions of galaxies. NASA's telescopes allow us to study galaxies beyond our own uh, in qu- exquisite detail and to explore the most distant reaches of the observable universe. And the Hubble Space Telescope has made one of the deepest images of the universe. And here it is. All of those spots or smudges or whatever, those are all galaxies that our telescope can see. Those are different galaxies. So, I mean, let me just, in case you're not in awe, galaxy, 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 and then on and on and on. And, you know, God made all of those galaxies. And I think there's a lot of people in this room, including myself, especially myself. I'm never going to understand all of that stuff. But there is a part that I can understand here in Psalm 8. God made all of that. And why, do I, why am I emphasizing all that God has made? And, and I'm going to get to that. God made all of that. That right there, that's a work of his fingers. Just a work of his fingers. God, the God of the Bible, the, the Bible in which you and I read daily, that's just a work of his fingers. Scientists tell us that there are about 100 billion stars in our galaxy alone. And listen to this. Isaiah 40, verse 26. Listen to this. This is what the Bible says. God brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls them each by name. By, great, by His great strength and power, not one of them is missing. I've said this before. You know, when I look up at the stars, I don't know their names. I could name them all I want. They're literally, I feel like it's the same star that I see every single night. And it's almost as if it gets brighter and brighter. It's not the moon. It's just a star. It looks like it's kind of close. If I had a good rope, I could, I could pull it. But it and I, you know, that star is... I can name that star whatever I want. But it's not my star ultimately. It's God's star. He placed it exactly where it is. And in the Bible is telling us He knows it by name. And the Bible is also telling us not one of them is missing. They're all strategically placed where they are right now by His doing, a work of His fingers. This is what David is t- you can see this for yourself as you read the Bible. One pastor I admire, as you look at uh, all of God's creation, he says, and especially a, a picture like that, this isn't evolution or natural selection at work. This is supernatural creativity at work from a supernatural God. And so go down to verse 6 and 8. I don't have it on the screen right now, but David would, would go on to say, we as humans, the Bible says, have dominion over all, all creatures, creatures of the sea, uh, creatures of, of, of the land, we, we have dominion over all that God has created. And as I read verses 6 and 8 in Psalm 8, you know what I'm reminded of? And you may see this in a cross reference Bible, but you know what I'm reminded of? Genesis 1. Let Scripture interpret Scripture. Genesis 1. So God created the great sea creatures. And every living creature that moves. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. As much as I hate to say this, even spiders got created. That's every creeping that creeps on the ground. That's that's what the Bible says. I don't like things that creep on the ground. But I know God made those. Something another that I will never fathom is I don't know why. But He did. You want to meditate on Scripture? Meditate on stuff like that. There's no wrong way to meditate on the Bible, by the way. And so, in other words, not only is God's work, the work of His fingers in, in the sun and the moon and the stars and the galaxies and the universe, God's creation, His hand at work, his, the work of His fingers are in, in, in animals and in mammals and things that are so uniquely designed and beautiful. Just go through a scroll of these pics really quick. We have these. So God, God made that, and, and God made that. You can just see God's hand at work. And it's just beautiful. It's breathtaking. And God made that. He brought out the starry host. And God just, this is just a work of His fingers. God did that. He, he did all of that. And David, it's, it's no wonder when he looks up into the heavens that he, he proclaims the majesty of God and all of His glory and all of creation around him. It's no wonder. When you go outside of your home, if you live in McKinney, it might be a little hard. You see stars. That's the handiwork of God in the universe. And so back to verse 4. This is what David does in light of God's glory among the earth. This is what he says. And it's, it's no wonder that David would utter these words based on what he's seen. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? See, David sees, sees God's glory And he he thinks to himself, who am I that you would notice me? Who is humanity, O God of heaven, that you would care for them? Think about that. When you look up into the night sky and you see stars and stars and billions of stars that exist or knowing across our planet that over 7 billion people are on this planet. 7 billion breathing people, limbs and breath. 7 billion people. And David says, who am I that you are mindful of Me? What is this world and the people in it that you care for them? That's what David is saying. He's aware of his surroundings and as he gazes upon the heavens, it's not a surprise that he would utter these words, who am I? I'm nothing but insignificant in comparison to all of your glory in the earth and in the heavens, and above the heavens. What is mankind that you even care for them? And as you ponder all that God has created, you might think, and rightfully so, you might think, I just seem so tiny and so insignificant in the universe. And you are insignificant and tiny in the universe. But you are only that way if you are living outside of knowledge of God. You are only insignificant in comparison to all the universe if you do not have knowledge of God. You want something to meditate on as you read the Bible. And all of God's glorious creation. It's not ultimately the heavens and the work of God's fingers that is is most astounding in the psalm or in the universe for that matter. The most astounding truth based on Psalm 8 and throughout the history of all creation. Church, listen to this that God is mindful of you. Every person in this room came in here with something. Whatever it is that you're experiencing. Highs or lows. Relationship issues. Marital issues. Issues with your children. Every single person came in here imperfectly. And yet God is mindful of you. You want something to meditate on. Meditate on and the grandeur of God and all that He has created. He is... He's mindful of you, and you think just like David. How can you even remember me? David is a sinful man. We're sinful people, and like David, we can utter, "How how how can it be that you're mindful of me?" It, it's no surprise. And and um, God, throughout creation in Genesis, uh, he, he this is what he says about mankind in his in the creation from Genesis 1, then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Here's what it says, so God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. male and female, He created them. All of what God has made, He has made you and me in His image. God is mindful of us. God can- For us, we are His most precious handiwork. As you came in here this morning, I don't care what you are going through. You are on God's mind. You're on God's mind. You're on God's mind. mind. Whether you're sitting in the back of the room or in the front of the room, you're on God's mind. Whether you don't come to church as often as you think you should or you would like, whether you don't read the Bible as much as you think you should or you would like, you are on God's mind. Whether you're experiencing trials or trouble of any kind or of any you are what's on God's mind. You have made Him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned Him with glory and honor. What are heavenly beings? Well, uh, we know that angels are heavenly beings. We know that God is a heavenly being. Uh, but David is saying, you have made man just a little lower than the heavenly beings. Just a little lower than angels. Just a little lower than God, David is saying. And he is, what, 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 do, what do kings have? Kings have crowns. What is David saying? You have crowned mankind with glory and honor. This is what God thinks of you. This is how he thinks of you. And, and maybe you've thought to yourself, you know, I've seen a lot of people do a lot of bad things in this world. And are you telling me that that's God's glory and, and God's honor in, in their lives? Creator God of heaven and earth. Has created every single one of us in His image and in His likeness. Maybe you you were raised in a home where you talked down. You were talked down uh, more than you were lifted up. Maybe you you've had thoughts that you'll never do something great in your life because of X, Y, and Z. I was raised in this home. We didn't have much, and I still don't have much, and I'll never do anything great. Maybe you've been divorced, or you've lost someone you love, or maybe you have a poor relationship uh, with uh, an individual, a family member, a friend. Children, maybe you feel like you'll, you'll ever be like the preacher or the Sunday school teacher or an all, all American mom or dad. Maybe, maybe you've had those thoughts in your life. And I, I don't know how you came in here this morning and how you, you think of yourself. But the Creator God of heaven says that I, I, I am thinking of you. You are on my mind and I care for you. You want to see the glory of God on display in your life? Go home and look in a mirror. Go home and look in the mirror. Every person in this room, go home and look in the mirror and you will see God's glory made manifested in your image. In your image. fortunate thing is you see the world today and, and, and people who have done bad things and horrible things. and It's like how can God's glory and honor be, be manifested in those people? And, and the issue is God's glory, the, the world, His creation, has been marred by sin. It, it's been marred by sin. And, and, and so... What happens when, when, when there's a sinful world of brokenness and, and a fallen existence? Well, God, in His glory, has sent a Savior. I want you to turn to Hebrews 2, and I'll have it on the screen. Hebrews chapter 2. This is how mindful uh, that God is of you, this is how much God cares for you. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 6 and 8. It has been testified somewhere. What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man, that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. That's the New Testament, quoting Psalm 8. What is man that you are mindful? It's been said somewhere, what is man that you are mindful of him, and son of man that you care for him? Go to verse 9 in Hebrews 2. But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels. Who is he talking about? Namely, Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, He might taste death for everyone. Jesus, in all of His glory, and all of His power, and all of His strength, and all of His might, the glory of God made manifested in the Son of God, made Himself lower than the angels. That is how much God cares for you. Jesus, the Christ, it, Paul says in Colossians 1, all things were made by Him and for Him. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, whether visible or invisible, Paul says of Jesus, all things were made by Him and for Him. That's Jesus. You go back to Genesis and you read the the, the narrative of creation. You insert Jesus into that story. Jesus is the Creator of all of life. And what the Bible is telling us is, is that Jesus has made Himself lower than the angels, that He might taste death for everyone. That is what God has done for you. You want to know how mindful God is of you? You want to know just how much God cares for you and the grandeur of God and all that we see in creation in the heavens and the galaxies and the universe? You want to know just how much God cares for you and how much God is thinking of you? He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for you. Shedding His blood for your eternal salvation, that you might have life and have it in its fullest form. You actually, every person in this room, anybody watching later, we can all have life in its fullest form if we get to know Jesus, the one who made himself a little lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor. You can know him that way. Jesus has, has died and rose again so that we might have life and have it in abundance, so that we might be and spend eternity with him, the God who created all things, the one who, who laid aside his glory in his humility gave up His own glory, made Himself lower than the angels so that you might know Him and have a relationship with Him. If you don't have a relationship with the Creator God of the universe, I believe God in His Word is inviting you to come. And so as we stand and sing this song again and worship together, if you do not have a relationship with this God, I want to invite you to come forward. We will baptize you. We will, we will celebrate new life. You can know this God, this Creator God. And, but if you want prayer, if you want prayer, come and, and, and we will pray for you. Because I believe that the same God who created all things listens to what we say to Him. Listens to our prayers. And so if you need prayer in your life, please come forward and I'll pray for you. One of our elders will be up here. They'll pray for you. But don't leave this place without knowing that there is a God in heaven who is mindful of you and who cares for you. Let me pray, and then we'll stand and worship together. Father, I thank You so much for this Word. I thank You that it is indeed living and active. That it it has the power to transform the human heart, even today in this very moment. So God, I pray that as we are gathered here, that, uh, that You, through the work of Your Spirit, would open up hearts to receive this truth about their lives. The creator and sustainer of the universe is mindful and cares deeply for them so much so that Jesus came and died for them and rose again that they might know Him and have a relationship with Him. May that be so for every person in this room. In Jesus' name, Amen.